It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic head back to practice today as the All-Star break officially ends. We've got the roadmap to the play-in tournament, the roadmap for the rest of the season, what to expect, the questions we have, and so much more. Let's get to it. It's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Magic today is February 21st, 2023. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic returned to practice today. So we're going to lay out the roadmap for the rest of the season, the storylines we want to watch, the schedule ahead, and whether the Magic can actually make the play in tournament. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. The temperature of the season has changed a little bit. Not significantly, but a little bit. At the beginning of the season, we were hoping to get into 30 wins and to play competitive games, but it all felt so theoretical. It all felt like so far off. We didn't really know what we had in this team. We didn't know how good Paolo Bancaro was going to be or what kind of leap Franz Wagner would, would make or whether all these young players would be able to come together seamlessly and make a functioning team. We didn't even know, honestly, if Coach Jamal Mosley was worth the salt, whether he was just good at keeping guys together during a a downstretch, during the losing part of this rebuild, or whether he was a coach that could take this team to its next level, to level up, as he said so often throughout the offseason. I'm a big believer, though, that you look at the season and, and you have your preseason expectations to keep those in mind. But as the season evolves, so should your expectations. So should what you want to get out of it. And now sitting here at the All-Star break, we could check off so many things that this Magic team has already accomplished. Things that we didn't expect them to do this season. Leveled up? Got it. Team is 19 and 15 in their last 34 games. As John Hollinger wrote on The Athletic, we've got nearly a half season. This isn't like the last third of a season or the last quarter of a season like last year when we were really hyped about the defense. We've got nearly a half season of data that tells us something is happening with this Magic team, that something productive is happening. If this team is a, is an above 500 team, if not, uh, just a, if not at worst a straight 500 team, 
That seems small, but that is extreme progress. To be winning consistently is real progress for such a young team and for a team that won just 22 games last year. So check that off. The Magic have leveled up. We looked at this team and said, we want to be playing meaningful games after the All-Star break. We want to be playing meaningful games deeper into the season. We don't want to go through a last quarter of the season where we're just counting the days, watching draft prospects, and counting ping pong balls. Although you certainly can still do that. The Magic are in like this really nice Goldilocks zone of close enough to the play-in tournament to actually try and win games, but still deep enough in the lottery that they'll get pretty good odds to win it anyway. Um, they're currently fifth in the lottery standings, although I, I suspect that they will pass Indiana here very, very soon uh, to get to sixth. Um, and then Chicago and Utah will be in their, in their scopes. Um, but the Magic are playing meaningful games. Like, seriously. Yes, they are four games back of uh, the Toronto Raptors and Washington Wizards. I think they're four and a half back of one of them. I'm forgetting what the, stand, what the standings look like. They're four games back of the final play-in spot. And, and, that, and honestly, like, that feels disappointing. The Magic losing to the Toronto Raptors in the last game before the All-Star break put them in a bit of a hole despite some positive wins and some positive moments. And losses feel disappointing. Like, again, I always say, I, I will say this, like, yes, be disappointed. I'm not saying ignore those feelings. But take a step back to where we were at the beginning of the season, losing close games to Miami and New York at home, losing ground in the play-in tournament feels frustrating and disappointing. And it, again, change how we view this team and how we view individual games has indeed changed this season. So the team has taken some very significant steps forward. Uh, provided the Magic don't completely blow up the, at the end of the season here, it's pretty safe to say that this season has been a success. That the Magic have taken the steps that they need to take, that they want to take, to improve themselves in a really good spot to continue improving next season, to continue growing and developing as their young players continue to get better. But now we have this final 23-game sprint. 23 games left for the Magic to put all those pieces together, to try and make up some of this ground. And look, a four-game deficit and a play-in tournament hunt is going to be difficult. I'm not sitting here, and I don't think any Magic fan has been sitting here this entire time, to say that Magic are going to the play-in tournament. It is a high goal to reach. And it doesn't feel like it because it is a stepping stone goal. It is not the goal. But it is a high goal to reach with the start that this team had, with the youth this team has, to reach that mark. There are a lot of teams to climb over. They got to get over Indiana. They got to get over Chicago. That's 12-11. And then they got to get over Washington or Toronto. Probably Toronto. It could be either at this point. There's going to be a lot of jockeying and pushing and shoving in the standings. Orlando has a game against Indiana on Saturday. That's a game that is humongous. Not because Indiana's some juggernaut team. They're really struggling right now. But that game is humongous because it allowed Orlando to pass them in the standings. At a certain point, you know, I was reading through comments on some of our old episodes and, and someone commented, uh, why are you talking about the play-in tournament? You're 13th in the East. And someone responded, well, it's not about the position you are in the standing, it's games behind. But to that point, though, there's a lot of variables. This isn't like the Magic are two and a half games back with one team to climb over. This is four games back with three teams to climb over. 
Indiana could go on a run just as easily as Orlando could go on a run. And even if both those teams go on a run in lockstep, Indiana has the advantage because they're just a little bit closer. Same thing with Chicago. Chicago could figure things out. And if they figure things out, it doesn't matter how... Orlando would have to be ridiculously good to pass them, to get past them. But the focus right now should be on Orlando themselves. Yes, there are teams to climb over. Yes, there are... There's a very thin margin of error for a team that hasn't done a lot of winning, and we're going to dive into what the schedule looks like uh, a little bit later on in the show. But this Magic team has to worry about themselves first. They have to worry about what they're doing and what they're capable of doing in order to make this climb. And that's always been this team's approach because the outside noise or the outside you know, external factors they can't control has never been the focus of the season. We're going to talk in a bit about what maybe tweaks the Magic need to make and who needs to step up to get this team where they want to go and to accomplish this goal. But at the end of the day, what's honestly been most impressive to me about Jamal Mosley is none of this other stuff has mattered much to him. He and this team have found success by worrying about themselves, by worrying about their individual growth, by keeping that big picture idea in mind. Even as the team was struggling, and yeah, maybe they could have picked up a few more wins here and there, but... Those struggles have informed today's success. And I don't think that part of the approach is going to change. Having said that, the Orlando Magic do need to shift their focus and shift their expectations and shift what they want to do. And we're going to talk about some of the players and some of the mindsets that have to change in these last 23 games to get the Orlando Magic over the hump and over the top into a potential play-in scenario. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at FanDuel. We're past the all-star break, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You could get the odds on the Orlando Magic making making the play-in, I am sure. You could get Paolo Vancaro's Rookie of the Year odds. That's just easy money at this point. You're not going to get a ton. I, I, think he's, I think he's even minus at this point uh, on that line. You could get any line that you can think of. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 of bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And of course, remember, uh, Fanduel is unfortunately not available yet in Florida. Please check the website to find out if it's available where you are now. So, expectations change. I, I I don't think that's bad. You know, you, you know, you have your big goals. You put them. You write them down. You put them away. You check them at the end of the season. And, and like I said, the Magic have accomplished a lot of their big goals. But as the season progresses, I think you do develop small goals. I think you do develop things that shift and change 
how you look at the season. And I think that's happened with this matching. It certainly happened with how we talk about this Magic season. We're no longer looking at games as part of a bigger story. We're no longer looking at, I mean, we are looking at games as part of a larger progression, but we're really no longer focused on games as part of a bigger narrative. Instead, we're looking at games in a lot of ways as individual battles. We are breaking down the nitty-gritty of whether this shot went in. You know, how did the Magic position themselves? What tactically did they do? And, and a lot of this pressure, honestly, has fallen on Jamal Mosley. And I think it's fair. I, I'm not saying don't be critical of him. That, that, there, are, there are a lot of things to be critical of him. His goal throughout the season and the way that he's coached his team and, and the demeanor he's even had on the sideline has been a bigger picture mentality. And I don't think that should change. The Magic should still be focused on the bigger picture because, as I've said numerous times, and I will say this again today, even as I'm advocating and saying the Magic need to be making a push for the play-in or need to be looking at the play-in more seriously or, you know, are in in this race until they're not, um, I would look at it and say, I would look at this and say, uh, this year is still not about this year. You know, there's... There are decisions that Mosley is making and that this team is are making with that bigger picture in mind that frankly do hurt this year's team. Whether that's fair or not is certainly up for debate, is certainly a question to ask. But it is not about this season. That's that's my take. That's my that's my view of things. And and that's okay. I, I don't think I don't think anyone's gotten to this point, but if the Magic fail to make the play-in tournament or Mosley makes some late-game decision that looks wrong or feels wrong or doesn't pan out, then he shouldn't be fired or anything. Like it's not, it, 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 He's got to learn how to manage these situations too. The Miami game is a great example. I thought that he was right to stick with the bench as long as he did. They built a 12-point lead. He brought the starters back in and you want Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner finishing the game. That was a decision to close that game with the two guys that are going to be closing games when this team matters. And they struggled. They lost that game. If the Magic were trying to win that game, Markel Fultz should have had the ball. I would say this is one of the things that does need to begin to change and begin to shift. Um, I think that Mosley should be focused on winning games. Yes, big picture for most of the game. But there are little tweaks here and there that, that he needs to make to put this team in a better position to win. That includes some balancing of the rotation. Um, you know, Franz Wagner's got to pick up his game. Like Franz is really struggling and he's the anchor of that second unit. But the Magic have really worked hard to maximize the minutes of Franz Wagner and Ballo Bancaro together. And that's fine. That makes sense. Get those guys as much time together as possible. But that is also something that may cost you some games. Now, Cole Anthony's emergence... Jalen Suggs' emergence, that Mo Wagner being as good as he's been for the last couple weeks, that's helped soften those blows, soften those blows, and that's how the Magic have survived prolonged slumps from Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see how both of those guys bounce back, how both of those guys, uh, how both of those guys play here uh, in the next few weeks, uh, because which presumably would have given them some time off their feet. Presumably, you know, giving them some time to take take a break and, and get get their bodies back a little bit right because they're they're both they're both struggling and it both looks like they've hit hit the wall or hit the hit a youth wall that they got to find a way to get through. 
Um, at the end of the day, you're only going to go as far as your stars take you. So the Magic surviving as long as they have with Paolo and Franz struggling this much, that's a good sign because when Paolo and Franz start playing the way we know they're capable of playing again, uh, this team's going to win a lot of games. Um, the starting group's really struggled over the last few weeks, and so I don't think Mosley needs to make any tweaks to the starting lineup. He needs to get the ball to Gary Harris a little bit more, get him a few more shots perhaps. That's more about passing and 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 how Paolo and Franz are struggling a little bit more than I think it is. But, uh, but you know, having some flexibility with your rotations is going to help. Knowing when to pull the plug on lineups that aren't working, and going back to going to a starting lineup, going back to starters or or sprinkling in starters a little more liberally, I, I think that's a big thing too. Like upping those minute that that minute load, is it the worst thing in the world? Now it may be the wrong. It, 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 it's certainly worth experimenting with, and certainly I think something that could change is going with the hot hands in crunch time. I know that can be tough because the bench is out there for a long time and Mosley gets criticized for sticking with the bench too long, and I agree with a lot with some of that criticism. But mixing in starter, mixing in bench players who are more effective, uh, 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 out, and taking out starters who are less effective. Now these last twenty-three games are about winning games. Let's, you know, the the growth, the development, all that's important. But the most important growth and development we're going to see the rest of the way is how this team responds to pressure. How this team responds to just putting a little thumb on the scale of saying, okay, we got to win this game. Saturday night against Indiana, you know, not, not much less Thursday against Detroit. Saturday against Indiana, must win game. You win that game, you split the season series with the Pacers. Could be important, could not be. More importantly, you win that game, you are probably climbing over the Pacers for 11th or for 12th in the, in the East. And you got to climb over teams. I don't want to put so much on a game that, doesn't have like a ton of meaning, but that that symbolically is a big thing. Honestly, like symbolically a very big thing. And the Magic have to do all they can and they have to be willing to break their trends and break their, their patterns to get wins. Now again, I, I give Jamal Mosley a lot of credit because I think his even-keeled nature, I think the way that he approaches games has helped the Magic in the long term. And, and I don't think that needs to change dr- dramatically or drastically. But the Magic do have to start putting more eggs into the win basket and taking some eggs out of the development basket. If anything, that's a preview for what next year is going to be. Like, we're sitting here, like I said, expectations change, but the Magic have clearly leveled up. They've clearly met at least one of the big expectations and one of the big goals for this season. They clearly met that. So now the question is, how do they take the next step? How do they go up from there? Part is the part that this team is still going to figure out. And the part that this group is still going to try and put together. And that's what the rest of the season's about. Is, okay, you've leveled up. Now you're going to feel the pressure because the Magic leveling up this year and being so successful this year, that makes next year a playoff year. Next year, the pressure is going to be on to make the playoffs all year long. And certainly it's not at a high level. I don't think anyone's expecting the Magic to be a home court advantage team next year. But there's going to be clear disappointment if this team has a long losing streak or you know, the, the people will, everyone will be less forgiving 
if someone is struggling and not getting it and not kind of taking that step. That mindset change needs to start happening now. You know, if Bull Bull is really struggling defensively, you got to take him out. You know, if Jalen Suggs is really on, you got to play him more. If Cole Anthony is better than Markel Fultz that day, you got to play him more. And most importantly, the Magic need Franz and Paolo to deliver like the stars that we know they can be. Um, because right now, they haven't been. We're going to close today's show by going through the rest of the schedule, kind of the trouble spots and what to expect here the rest of the way. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, this is sort of a roadmap to the play-in tournament. Like I said, some of it is changing expectations, raising expectations. It's a big topic that we've, we've talked about a lot here on the show. Um, they've already accomplished like that, which is a big deal. Like Again, I, I think it's huge at the Magic. We're at this point where we can talk about this, but you can't talk about anything without going through the schedule. And Orlando's schedule to close the season isn't that rough. The longest, they have a three-game road trip and a four-game road trip left, and it's West Coast road trip. Um, but otherwise, it's a pretty healthy amount of home games. Uh, and really, I see Milwaukee, uh, and then I guess Phoenix, because they might have them might have uh, Kevin Durant back by then. But really, the only kind of like championship-level teams the Magic will face the rest of the way, um, they have two games against Milwaukee, they have a game at Phoenix, they have a game at Memphis, uh, and that's and then two games against Cleveland to close our home schedule in April. The schedule, I wouldn't say it's easy. Um, I think according to uh, according to Takeathon, um, they have the 17th uh, easiest schedule the rest of the way by opponent win percentage. The schedule is not easy by any means, but it is very manageable. And it starts off with again, I think frankly, two must win games for the Orlando Magic. Thursday against the Detroit Pistons, team that's beaten the Magic twice. Weird circumstances in both games. Opening game is always a crapshoot. Magic had a back-to-back in Detroit after playing at home against the Lakers. That game ended in a fight. Um, not pretty stuff. Not good stuff. Uh, but the Magic felt like they probably dropped and should have won both of those games. And again, though, like we're going to look back at the end of the season. The two losses to Detroit, the loss to Houston, are going to sting really bad. Because all three of those losses, no offense to those teams who played really well in those games, all three of those losses were games the Magic should have won. And games where the Magic's effort and the Magic's intensity and the Magic's focus really cost them those games. But the Magic have to win these two games coming out of the break. If the Magic are, are going to be serious about the play-in tournament, they got to start with wins at home against Detroit and Indiana. Again, Indiana, like I said, big game just for climbing up the standings, just for climbing over a team that's ahead of you. Uh, Orlando had a great, great win against Indiana a few weeks ago. Really good first quarter. Hey, hung on, you know, hung on to the end to get that one. Then they get a three-game road trip. At New Orleans Monday, 
next Wednesday, March 1st at Milwaukee, and then at Charlotte on March 3rd. Manageable road trip. Like, you know, New Orleans could be a toss-up game. Milwaukee will be tough. Uh, although Giannis may not play in that game with, with the injury that he's dealing with. And then you get Charlotte, which again, trap game, always tough, but uh, a game that the Magic could win. Then a four-game homestand. Portland, Milwaukee, Utah, Miami. Uh, again, fairly manageable. Uh, not, you know, t- not easy games, not games that are shoe, shoe wins, you know, but games that the Magic certainly are capable of winning. They are capable of beating all four of those teams. They beat Portland already this year. You know, we'll see what Milwaukee looks like without Giannis for a little bit. Um, Utah is a team that, that the Magic are very capable of beating. Nearly won that game in Utah uh, a few weeks back. Uh, and Miami, of course, uh, a game that the Magic nearly won as well a couple weeks ago. Then comes the NCAA tournament road trip out west. March 14th in San Antonio. March 16th in Phoenix. March 18th against the Clippers. And then a couple, and then uh, March 19th, the back-to-back against the Lakers. Um, really of note here, too. Not a lot of back-to-backs left. I think the Magic only have two back-to-backs left this season. One of them is a dreaded home road back-to-back late in the season. We'll get to that. The other is a Los Angeles back-to-back LA nightlife, always undefeated. Then the Magic come home. They get the Wizards in a critical game at home, which hopefully will have playoff implications. New York and Brooklyn. Again, all difficult teams, but all teams that should be on the Magic's level. So a lot of 50-50 games here. A lot of games that the Magic should feel are 50-50 at least. Then they go to Memphis, to Washington, and then the final homestand of the year, a three-game homestand, April 2nd against Detroit, April 4th against Cleveland, April 6th against Cleveland. So again, difficult difficult homestand there, getting two games against Cleveland late in the season. And then they close the season April 7th at Brooklyn, so that home road back-to-back, and then April 9th at Miami, and then hopefully the play-in tournament will start for the Magic the following, I believe, Tuesday. I believe they go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so Tuesday or Wednesday uh, of that week. Like I said, the schedule is manageable. Um, the Magic do not have any real tricky spots. There's no back-to-backs. Long home stands, manageable, you know, long times at home, manageable road trips. There's no, none of that start and stopping. There's no coming home, going on the road. This will give the team some time to practice. This will give the team some time to reset. This will give the team some time to refresh. And then the road trips are fairly manageable. Uh, three, the three-game road trip coming up next week, you know, not easy teams by any stretch. I'm not I'm not banking on wins here, but these are teams the Magic can beat. These are teams the Magic can be competitive in. These are teams the Magic can win. These are games the Magic can win. S- same thing with that West Coast road trip, the NCAA tournament trip out West. Four games, San Antonio should be fair. They're kind of full in on, all in on the tank, but you can never count out a Greg Popovich team. Then you get, uh, then you get Phoenix, which will be very tough. And then the two, the two LA teams, which again, are tough, but beatable. You know, again, even the Clippers, like I would say. Like, no offense to them. Magic beat them earlier this year. That's that's a game the Magic should feel they should win. The Lakers will be in need-to-win mode. That's going to be a very tough game, too. So, again, these are tough games, but games that the Magic can win. And, it's you know, honestly, it would be easy to see the team be able to go 500 down the stretch. And and that will not be enough to get them in the play-in tournament. Because um, I think it's going to cost, it's going to take 38 wins. They have 23 games left. You go 500, let's give them 12 wins. That puts you at 35. I think it's going to be 38, 39 wins to get to the, get to the play-in tournament. So the Magic are going to have to squeeze out some wins somewhere. And they're going to have to be on their, they're going to have to be on their self. The, the margin for errors is very small. Uh, they're going to have to steal wins and they're going to have to play well to get there. So again, the schedule is set up for them to do this. The schedule is set up for them to be successful. 
But at the end of the day, the Magic got to do it. It comes down to how they play. And they've been playing some very good defense of late. They've been doing some very good things on that end. And the offense has started and stopped. We know this team has offensive problems. We know this team's going have to have to improve on that end and, and have to find, find some weapons there. But again, it's going to come down to Paolo and Franz need to play better. Um, but the Magic find themselves in a really good spot, I think. And the Magic find themselves in a place where they are capable of taking that all-important next step. Will they do it? That's, I think, the big question everyone has to ask. I want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Get your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, all of our places all the podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. All, re- all the recaps of every game, every night once they get back going again from the local experts who know their team best. Feel like you've watched every single game around the NBA with the Game to Game NBA podcast. You can find that on the Locked On NBA feed on YouTube or wherever you download podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Cross. I'm going to see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.